0: What is our model and what do we think will change because of the work we're doing? Mm-hmm. And how do we always look and learn from that? It's just so incredibly important to the success. Whether you're a nonprofit or a business organization, that's really what's behind that strategic planning.
1: In the now. Meditate, that's how. Along. A song, Strategy, it had to be the apprentice, of peace. Welcome to another edition of the GPS Podcast, Goal Plan Strategy, where we talk about all things goal plan strategy related for business, for life, nonprofits, all of that good stuff. So I'm very honored today to have a guest here with me, Ms. Larez Mindhold from Caring for Denver. So first of all, how is 2021 treating you? Because obviously there's a lot going on. I know you have some, some things going on that we just spoke briefly offline about. So just checking in with the year, see how things are going.
0: Yeah. You know, I think we all hope 2021 would feel very different than 2020 and it, it doesn't quite yet. I think we can all see, we can all see potentially vaccination as a, as a way to maybe get back to a little bit of normalcy, but what i'll say is it, it fortunately for caring for denver is that i've got some amazing staff program officers as well as operations and community engagement staff that mm-hmm. while we've had to do things differently we've been able to to engage community to to help them have them help us shape our call for proposals so that's really reflective of what the community wants and needs in terms of mental health and substance misuse supports and We've been doing our own strategic planning and uh, creating some work plans for 2021 to give, you know, we're moving from that startup phase to a more structured and how do we judge if what we're doing is is working and is, is right. And, you know, we've been able to get dollars out. So in 2020, we were able to get out over $20 million to 90 organizations. So we're very excited and you know, getting ready to make some announcements about youth funding in March, and just opened up a new area around care provision. So mm. we're working, um, working remotely, and you know that's both exciting and challenging, I'm sure for for many organizations like us as we try to think about how do you build culture, communications, live out our strategy in in remote settings where you don't have that regular interaction that we used to always have with one another.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So before we go a little bit deeper, take a quick step back. Can you tell me a little bit Mm -hmm. about your background and and how you got into the nonprofit industry?
0: You can see I just jumped right into the work. That was was great. It's an easier place for me to always go. Absolutely. Again, I have been probably in health and health policy field for most of my career. I um, started a nonprofit called the Cover to Consumer Health Initiative, which Mm -hmm. was really about building a community consumer voice into health and healthcare delivery and really talking about quality and access. And I ran that for about six years, and then I went to work for the Colorado Health Foundation uh, for a couple years, really managing and running policy and advocacy funding within the organization, both in terms of who we funded money to, but because we were a joint venture partnership I was able to also do things as the foundation with a policy lens. So Mm -hmm. as we were supporting a lot of organizations, care around children in the CHIP program, how did we at the same time as a foundation advocate for the reauthorization of the CHIP program? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then went from there to work for Governor Ritter and Governor Hickenlooper in their policy office. So I was the policy director for health, human services, education, economic development, and IT. Mm And And then during that time was when we launched nationally and then statewide the Affordable Care Act and the Health Insurance Exchange, and I uh, sort of really helped implement that at a state level and then went to the Medicaid agency as the uh, Deputy Director of Community Partnerships to really think about how we uh, expanded Medicaid well. So once we made that decision, how did we actually operationalize it, and then how did we really be an organization that reflected the needs of of community and made sure that we were serving people well, and then went to the Keystone Policy Center to to really support nonprofits, foundations, organizations. And as I was doing that, worked with Representative Herod to set up and start up Caring for Denver Foundation, which was really about we could we can do a better job in how we address mental health and substance misuse as a society. Mm-hmm. We've sort of put it to the side, and then it's showing up everywhere in our in our classrooms, um, on our streets, you know, in our jails. It's showing up everywhere because we haven't done a good job, and we can we can do better. And so we're really about investing in. So we're a five hundred one five hundred one c three nonprofit as well, but we are we operate as a grant making organization to address Denver's mental health and substance misuse needs by growing community-informed solutions and really turning community's desire to help into action. So how do we really think innovatively? How do we really lift up community ideas for doing this this better? And so what that all really said was, I have a hard time keeping a job. I just (laughs) keep moving around. (laughs)
1: you're like a serial entrepreneur. (laughs) you do it within the business correct (laughs) Um, correct. but you mentioned you mentioned relevance of uh mental health and all of that and how Mm -hmm. how that became such a high priority what what was it about mental health what was it that that you were seeing or hearing that was like okay we need to take this initiative and start this organization with this focus and and, and be intentional about this what what was that what was it that you seen
0: you know, I'm not sure it was one thing. It was so many things. I think each of us can bring a different story about a family member, about our own experience, about a community member um, who struggled with mental health and substance misuse and might or might not have been able to get the care they needed. A lot of our website and a lot of our work, we tell through stories. And, and mental health or substance misuse never defines an individual, but it's part of who they are. And so how do we show the strength in that? And so one of the stories that Representative Harrod shared was around her sister experiencing trauma. And because she wasn't able to get the care she needed, started misusing substances and then ended in and out of the correction system. And it was a recognition we can do better. And, you know, I have personal stories of, you know, parents struggling with alcoholism parents struggling with dementia and Alzheimer's. So it's, it, it shows up in so many of our lives in so many ways, and yet there's still a, a stigma attached to mental health and substance misuse. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to dismantle that mm-hmm. by lifting up the strengths and lifting up those community-informed solutions so that we can really change the way we look at mental health and substance misuse and realize and recognize it's just part of our overall health. Right. And so how do we take care of it in the same way we would take care of any other health need?
1: Absolutely. And I think that's the, the biggest thing. And probably even for myself, a realization mm-hmm. in my journey of understanding and learning and, and being more aware of myself that, like you said, it is something that is with all of us. And I like to say that just like we have physical health, right, we have, and we uh, are intentional about taking care of that and exercising and doing various things. We have to be intentional about it our mental health as well to our mental wellness um, as well. Obviously there's different degrees of mental health concerns or Mm -hmm. whatever we want to label them as, which, you know, may require different forms of treatment, but it's still something that we all ultimately deal with. And if we don't deal with becomes an even bigger issue.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You're right. I mean, we all have mental health. And so how well we take care of ourselves, whether that's that self-care to sometimes we there might be times, you know, given the situations we are in COVID right now with parents, you know, trying to be teachers, trying to be, you know, still working. Um, maybe they're working with populations that might be more at risk of COVID, so they're worried about the health of the folks they're working with, as well as what are they bringing home to their families. People may, you know, for folks that have lost their jobs because of COVID, there's a tremendous amount of stress and pressure people are feeling, Mm -hmm. and that impacts our mental well-being. It impacts sort of how we we need to address it. And so we all need people to connect with to maintain our our well-being and our health. And so it's what I appreciate so much about the work that you do and so many in community do is that it it really is about lifting up this issue and talking about it in a way that creates those safe spaces um, and changes Changes the dynamic, dismantles the stigma.
1: Absolutely. No, thank you. I appreciate that and sharing a bit of the impetus about the organization. So hopefully those that are in the field and working in that area uh, potentially, you know, can come and talk with you or talk with the organization and potentially um, get access to resources or support, whatever the case may be. But to take it up a little bit, uh, I guess, in terms of the conversation a little from from mental health talking about strategy how do you see strategy in the nonprofit industry right mm-hmm. is in business it's it's obviously something that's at the forefront and and talked about and you know i think everybody at least understands the importance of it even if they still struggle with it, it they understand the importance of it and make the effort to do it in nonprofits it's almost like um, you know, I don't, I'm not worried about that or we we, we, we have to do that. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's got a bad rap to a certain extent, yep. if yep. you will. Um, how do you, how do you see that?
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, for, I think a strategic plan or strategy is really important. Um, it's the, the challenge I think we sometimes fall into as nonprofits is we have a mission and we have programs and we sometimes think that's enough. And I think we do need to take it a a level more to develop that strategy um, so that we we can make better decisions. Um, We can make better decisions if it's not just made on the mission, but mission and strategy, because the more effective you are as an organization, the more requests are going to come your way, whether that's requests for partnerships or Mm -hmm. requests for resources, and it's the strategy that helps you make better decisions. It, it helps us decide what results we're gonna hold ourselves accountable for. Um, it tries to lay out how we're gonna achieve them. How are we gonna make sure we have the resources for them? And how do we build an organization to deliver those results? And so if you have that strategic framework, mm-hmm. it, it, it creates better tools for you to make a decision. So you're not just making solely on you know, because you might have two things that show up that both support your mission. You're not always able to do both. So how do you how do you further refine that decision? And I I believe that strategy or the strategic framework really gives you that roadmap.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As as a strategist, I definitely agree <laughs> agree with that <laughs> and am an advocate for it and definitely push to get people organizations thinking in that way. And at the end of the day, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a, a lot for a lot of people in the nonprofit space, right. We It's led with the heart and it's about the passion for the work, mm-hmm. you know, more so than it is the business and, or thinking about, you know, any type of strategic planning, if you will. So how yeah. does, how does smaller organizations and or your organization connect grantees to strategic planning opportunities?
0: You know, that's a, that's a great question. I, I don't think we've had as many requests around organizations needing that, but I think we're always looking for where are areas that we can support our grantees or applicants to get some more information to Build the sustainability. I mean, a lot of times you'll hear foundations ask all the time about what's your plan for sustainability. Mm-hmm. For us, sometimes it is that roadmap that that gives that sustainable it, sustainability. It it helps you think about like what falls in and outside of your work, and mm-hmm. so. I think we would be open to, and especially if grantees said they needed those supports, we'd want to connect them with someone. Sometimes a strategic plan is not best done by yourself, even though it seems like that's the easiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's helpful to have somebody come in and facilitate that conversation so that you as an executive director or your staff get to participate in it equally and own it. Because again, it's not a document that one, one person within an organization owns. It's a, it's a document that frames everybody's work. And so again, I'll say not even just that organization, not the ED and the staff, but it's the board and it's the community you're serving. Everybody needs to own that, that strategy and vision. Absolutely. Because it's, it's really what sets forth our values and our priorities. And I think an important piece of this too is sometimes the reason it's not valued is it feels like it's a document we create for three to five years. Done, and then we put it on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Uh, An effective strategic plan is dynamic and it's a living document that should be visited frequently or revisited frequently because you're making assumptions going out, whether that's a year, two years, three years, of what you think is going to happen, but there's always things that influence and change that. And so, how do you make sure this is a living document that what you're able to do is lay out what change you're trying to create and then what actually happened mm. to then say how do i plan going forward how do i shift or pivot my work and mm. so it really should be also this framework for learning but yeah Man. i mean how you go about it is is reaching out to people like you pause and others to say can you help <laughs> me can you help me think about this or how do I and how do I create the buy-in mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. all that, for lack of a better word, ownership over our work? So, you know, for us as a nonprofit, it's it's me and my staff, it's then my board of directors, but it is larger. It's the Denver community mm-hmm. who has funded this work mm-hmm. has to buy into our values and our strategy. So we just completed our strategic plan and and put it on our website, and I do hope people visit it and and tell us, you know, what you think. Does it does it reflect your values? Does it align with the ordinance and, and what we're intended to do? Mm.
1: Yes, yes, ma'am. That was, ooh, You said a lot, a lot, a lot of great jewels um, in, <laughs> in that. And, and one thing specifically that you said was that the strategic plan is basically like an opportunity to learn. And mm-hmm. I think that is a huge thing within an organization, whether nonprofit or business, right, is learning and learning and mm-hmm. understanding what is going on, what is working, what isn't working, how well, you know, you are doing all of those things and and that strategic plan within that strategic plan and the reviewing of it, right, and being able to assess mm-hmm. whether or not you completed your goals, objectives and things like that tells you, right, how, how well mm-hmm. you are doing or, or can give you valuable information.
0: Yeah. I mean as a funder, we don't want you to do something just to say you did it and it didn't work. Mm. If you recognize you can use that learning to say, Hey, this is what we thought was gonna happen. This was our you know, what we what we thought was gonna happen, this is what success looked like, and this is what we thought it would happen. As we were doing this, we realized we didn't account for this. And mm. and that's when we want you to be able to use that learning to pivot your work and mm. say, Oh, this is what we need to do. We want to shift and we want those dollars to, to support that that shift. And so again, in order to do that, you really have to understand what it is both you what you want, what success looks like, mm-hmm. and are we is the work achieving that? And and the strategy that strategic framework that strategic document tends to lay that out. It's that I hate to use the foundation words, the theory of change. That's sometimes what they talk about it. Mm-hmm. I like to put that aside, but there. The words behind it are like, what is our model and what do we think will change because of the work we're doing mm-hmm. and how do we always look and learn from that? It's just so incredibly important to the success, whether you're a nonprofit or a business organization, that's really what's behind that strategic planning.
1: Absolutely. And then you you mentioned how it's kind of important to kind of, like you said, take that learning and be able to share with foundations and things like that Mm -hmm. as you grow or pivot or whatever the case may be. Do you think that's always an easy conversation? Because I think a lot of times nonprofits struggle with trying to fit into a box or, Mm -hmm. you know, deal with just trying to understand what foundations want. And so sometimes they may go outside of their strategic plan or, you know, just do something that they may not normally do striving to get the support and or funding. So how, how do you see Yeah,
0: that? no, I mean, two good issues you raised there. One, no, it's never, well, you you have to have that foundation of trust. You have to trust as a nonprofit that if I share this with the foundation, the foundation isn't going to say, um, okay, give me my money back. And that's and a scary proposition. And so we're doing a lot. We've, articulated over and over again, we're a learning foundation and we expect things not to go well. And and we know we have to live that and people are going to have to be able to share things and know that we're going to still stand with them and beside them. But it's never easy to own when things don't go as well as you want it, whether that be to the board (laughs) or a foundation. But recognize, I mean, I also recognize it's not the way all foundations operate. Mm -hmm. And so really, this is about us building trust with community to say, yes, we we want you to share that learning with us, and we will be with you as you learn it. And we're going to ask questions. And in the same way, we've made mistakes as a as a foundation. You know, we a, a perfect example is we created a, a grant application that was in two parts because we thought it would be easier that people didn't have to do as much. But then, as we've been talking to grantees, we realized it isn't easier. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we're changing that. So again. It's we're going to own when we think we were doing something well or easier and then it didn't turn out quite to be it, we will acknowledge this is why we thought it was and then we learned it wasn't. So we're going to make a change and shift. And so hopefully, as you hear us owning some of this, that then it makes it easier to share with us. Oh. Um, but the second part, yeah, you know, it's a challenge. We've also tried to approach our, our um, the work we do in a way that makes people not feel like they have to fit into a box. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, too often, um, foundations, whether that be government foundations at so federal, state level, or private or public foundations say, here's the problem, and then here's the solution. The solution box you have to fit into. Mm-hmm. And it is, a, it is a dangerous place for a nonprofit to go sometimes is trying to fit their work or change their work to fit into a box. That's where a strategic plan can be so helpful is then it lets you know, is this a box worth going? Will it help us get to what we need to to deliver on our vision, mm-hmm. deliver on our mission, and deliver on our strategy? If the answer is that box will take you away from it, then you really shouldn't go for that funding. And now I know that's a, a very sort of privileged place to say that because you're like, but I need money. If I don't have money, I don't keep the doors open. But at the same time, it can be as, as detrimental to an organization's sustainability to go after money that takes you away from your strategy and your mission. Absolutely. And so it's hard. Um, both of these things that you raised, they're both hard to do as you're trying to manage all these different demands, but important important to have the strategy so that you can know when to say yes and no. And important to have that strategy so that then you can be partners with a foundation to say, hey, this didn't go quite as well as I, I I thought. I want to pivot this based on my strategy. So, you know, it, it all relates back to that strategy. But again, both of those are not easy and, and recognize they're not easy.
1: Okay. So what is caring for Colorado's strategy or excuse me, caring for Denver's strategy? I see. I keep saying it. Caring for Denver. Mm-hmm. What is caring for Denver's strategy and how do you know? That is working.
0: Uh, great questions. So you know, we lined out our our strategic plan and our framework. We've we've done it a little differently, <laughs> you know, because we do everything a little mm-hmm. differently uh, than some foundations have. So rather than saying, you know, staff, what's our strategy around staff, or what's our strategy around communications or fundraising, we've really organized it into four buckets in which all of those components show up. So one of our buckets is really around learning. And then now we're in the process of creating a work plan in each of these areas. So in learning, how do we really both internally and externally really think about what's important to us in that learning space? And so I I should say too, we, uh, we have both our outwardly facing you know, what are our values? You mm-hmm. know, respecting people, meeting people where they're at, being courageous in our action, focusing on impact, and inviting partnership. And then from those, those values, we developed, and in partnership with community, developed our four funding areas, which are youth, investing in youth to address resiliency, community centered, how do we have more supports in the places we live, work, play, pray, trust, Care provision, how do we make sure that formal care setting is accessible and reflects the communities they're serving, and alternatives to jail, about mm-hmm. really creating supports and connections and opportunities to re- direct people with mental health and substance misuse needs away from the justice system. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, we have to also think about our, our internal work and and where that, and where that lives. And so that's where then our strategic plan came in, because it's not just that external facing, but internally facing. What do we need to do and what do we need to think about? And so part of it is being community authored and driven. And so how do we create connections with communities, organizations and systems? How do we invest in community and make sure that our work is community driven? Um, How do we engage community in our work and how do we support grantees to be leaders and drivers of that implementation mm-hmm. integrity and stewardship so really making sure that the foundation is implementing practices and procedures that promote consistency and reliability that people can look and and see the foundation as being credible and a valuable resource um, and that we're we're doing a work our work in a way that that really says this can be done well. Uh, Promoting equity is one of our sort of, we have four prongs. So uh, the learning, Mm -hmm. equity, community driven, and then the integrity and stewardship are our four prongs. Mm -hmm. And so we just apply that across our work. And so for equity, it's really, how do we promote work that encourages or increases equitable practices in the field of philanthropy? Um, How do we support technical assistance strategies for organizations to increase their capacity? So some of that is just what you were talking about, PASAS. How do we support the sustainability, whether that be through using evaluation as strategy Mm. to developing the strategic plan? And then that meaningful action and learning is that we are really not just having grantee share learning with us, but how do we bring all those learnings together to to share back with the field as a whole so that mm-hmm. everybody, everybody benefits from the work of one to lift that up so that people can, can use that to influence their work. So, you know, we're looking across those four areas as well as our four funding areas to then, now we are developing metrics to know if we are being successful and what that okay. could look like.
1: No, that sounds, sounds great. You spoke about equity, How about diversity and inclusion.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, it is all about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the work we do. We probably, in 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 sort of our plan, sort of said, uh, let's promote equity as a, as a a shorthand, which might or might not be the the best way to to do that. Um, but it is incredibly important to us to really understand and think about as we work to address mental health and substance misuse how do we get to equity and outcomes where race, ethnicity, disability, immigration status, identity can no longer really be used to predict our outcomes? And so how do we, that sort of diversity, equity, and inclusion applies not just in our strategic plan, but across our, our funding areas. And how we we show up uh, is important. And so, you know, we're we're starting in the place of looking at diversity, equity, inclusion internally as an organization. So before we start putting that lens on grantees and applicants, we have to make sure that our practices Mm -hmm. are supporting diversity, equity, inclusion. And I think once we sort of understand what it means for us, then how do we bring it to community and see how it shows up there? But to be honest, that's going to be a lot of conversation and work continued with community. How does community Mm -hmm. want diversity equity and inclusion to show up in our grant making in our work in how we are as partners in how we build and support capacity within community so it's a it's an ongoing thread to everything we do
1: got gotcha. you thank you thank you and then we'll round out here with this last question um it's been a great conversation so far thank you this has been very very informative and really appreciate it so where do you see the nonprofit industry going in the next year to three years? Obviously there's a lot of you know, stimulus talk and things like that, and I don't know how much um, of that will impact the nonprofit industry at all. I think definitely there was a lot of support through COVID relief and different things mm-hmm. that was put out there for nonprofits, but how do you see things moving forward? And, and, and I guess what are some things that organizations should be looking out for?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, to be honest, um, the the COVID pandemic is is not impacting our community as bad as it was. We're in a different color level of, but to be honest, I think the nonprofit community is still navigating how we're providing services remotely. um, And that's not going to change for most of 2021. And so I think what 2021 looks like for most nonprofits is pretty similar to what it looked like in 2020 so, even as we're talking to nonprofits about what their needs are, it's like, well, we know what what we need to do for this next year, but then as we come out of Covid, how will the needs the mental health and substance misuse needs change? we We know there were already challenges with accessing care prior to Covid. We know many of the pressures and stresses of Covid have grown many of those needs. And so how do we address it in in a way that really supports community? And it looks very different um, for everybody. So mm-hmm. whether that's supporting youth, whether it's supporting youth through art or supporting youth through storytelling or journaling, or whether it's, you know, supporting adults through care and treatment in the spaces and places they, they are at, to how do we also, to be honest, some of the ways we've been delivering mental health and substance misuse services remotely have made it much more accessible for people mm-hmm. because they don't have to worry about childcare. I don't have to worry about transportation and getting to a place. Right. So even as we transition out of COVID, how do we not lose some of the benefits of that remote access? And how do we support more people that have remote access if that's what they want? Or if they wanna be in person, they have those opportunities as well. So I think what it's really done is opened up some of the opportunities and allowed us to think creatively that in ways we haven't necessarily been able to before. And so how do we continue to build mm-hmm. on that?
1: Yeah, a lot of great opportunity. Definitely, you know, if you're thinking optimistically and looking, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the future with, with some some hope, I think there's a lot lot out there. So any any final words, any last parting thoughts that you would like to share with people um, about Caring for Denver, about the nonprofit industry in general? Yeah. That you'd like to leave people with?
0: You know, my greatest thanks to you and to the community, you know, again, it was because of the community that we have caring for Denver and we have been grateful to you and so many others that give of your time and your voice because we, we ask, a, we sometimes ask a lot because we really want to make sure the work we're doing is reflective of community and community needs. And we're not, we, we don't ever want to make you fit in a box or any of the nonprofit community fit in a box. And so it's just really my sincerest thanks for, I know all, all the energy and how much everybody puts their heart into the work they do, and we're grateful for it. I'm grateful for it. So, really, it's much thankfulness and, and support for the nonprofit community, and I look forward to years of partnerships and conversations.
1: Yes, ma'am. Any, any upcoming grant opportunities?
0: We just opened up our care provision funding area, and so it's really about how do we make that formal care setting more accessible. And so that's open until March 18th, and then then we'll be uh, opening up alternatives to jail after that and community-centered. So each year we're trying to have at least three to four grant opportunities. But if you go to our, our webpage, which is caringfordenver.org and our grants page, you can see that whole timeline. And, Again, welcome conversations with anybody if they want to talk through ideas that they have. Um, We're here to do that.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Larez, Executive Director, for caring for Denver. (laughs) I got it. it. I got it right (laughs) on the end. But really thankful and appreciative of you just in general. Obviously, we've we've had conversations outside of this and in some of our other work that we've had the pleasure to do. So thank you for everything. Thank you for coming on and sharing your support and your wisdom with all of us. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.
0: You too. Thank you.
1: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was nonprofit and strategy. And we had the wonderful Larez mind hold from caring for Denver, part of my mess up there and fumbling, but caring for Denver doing great work, supporting organizations around mental health, working with youth, as she shared, they have different grants that they come out with each year. They just released one about care provisions that's open till March eighteenth. And they'll be opening up another one about alternatives to jail as well. So shout out to my co hostess with the most just to know who couldn't make it today. See you next week and she'll be back, no worries. Um, ready to go uh next week and be glad to have her back <laughs> we missed you so for everybody else man thank y'all shout out to all soul our sponsor house of power for powering the gps podcast i am pause your host see you next week peace